Welcome to the Wrap Yourself in Joy podcast. I'm Karen Dwyer, speaker, teacher, and author of four books on joy. If you are searching for more joy in your life, join me for about 15 minutes every week. It could change your life. My newest series is called Nehemiah and Rebuilding Hope. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. It has an imprimatur and a built-in study guide. Today, I'm inviting you to join a Cup of Joy women's group. You can invite a few friends to join you in listening to the podcast, then meet over coffee each week to go through the study questions. For more information, go to wrapyourselfinjoy.com and look for Cup of Joy Women. The podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Hello, welcome to Wrap Yourself in Joy. I'm Karen Dwyer, and you are listening to podcast number four of the Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope series. It's based on my book, Nehemiah, Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. Today, the podcast is entitled, Are You a Perfume Maker? Nehemiah Calls for Your Help. You know, Nehemiah needs more team workers like you. Actually, all teams need workers from all walks of life with heartfelt desire to build, even beyond their known skills. The perfume makers provide the sweet-smelling assistance, even though their hands are soft and they're not seasoned builders. So today, Nehemiah teaches us team-making skills and even appoints the perfume makers. Well, in our last podcast, we joined Nehemiah as he secretly inspected Jerusalem at nighttime. He saw the many runes, but he was inspired by God, which leads him to the rebuilding. He motivated his countrymen to look beyond the disgrace they suffered. He shared his testimony of how God's gracious hand or good favor was upon him and how the king had provided the many supplies. Although the runes had accumulated over many years, the people were inspired and replied, Let us start building. They were committed to the common good. As expected, the enemies of God appeared, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem saw the rebuilding as a threat to their authority and their lucrative money-making deals, so they came to mock and ridicule the people of God. Nehemiah responded by proclaiming, The God of heaven is the one who will give us success, and we, his servants, are going to start building, but you have no share or claim or historic right in Jerusalem. Today, we can't miss the broken gates in the lives of our families, our communities, and our nation. These are the areas that need rebuilding from shame or ruin, physical or spiritual. In ancient gates like Jerusalem, the gates were very important to the existence of a people. Gates were entrances to the city. They provided military protection. The walls of a city represented strength, and the gates had doors and spaces for defense. Right outside the gates, there were stalls like our mini-malls or farmer's markets, where traders sold goods of all kinds. Right inside the gates, the leaders would meet and often hold court for those seeking justice. If there were damaged walls or no gates, the loss of protection and commerce and justice and meeting spaces would be great. In fact, the enemies would come in and bring destruction. It took Nehemiah coming to town to bring fresh vision and inspiration to a burdened people, to a disappointed people, to a heartsick people. He had to remind them that they were God's people. He would give them a plan with tasks that called forth all their efforts. So today we are reading Nehemiah 3. 
Now, we're going to only read a few of the verses because the chapter is filled with lots of names, many that are a bit difficult to pronounce. But there's a lot of meaning in these verses. So we're going to start with chapter 3, 1 through 8. And I'll stop and remind you where I'm adding a little review after each verse. Verse 1 says this, Then the high priest, Elisheba, set to work with his fellow priests and rebuilt the sheep gate. They consecrated it. They set up its doors, and they consecrated the area around it. So in review, isn't it wonderful that the high priest and his fellow priests started the repair and showed the example of rebuilding, plus they consecrated the doors and the entire area to God? Verse 2. And the men of Jericho built next to him. And the review is this. Now, Jericho was quite a ways from Jerusalem. But the people came to build too. And they were accepted. And everyone that was nearby included them in the building effort. Verse 5. Next to them, Tekoites made repairs. But their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. Review again. All were included. But those with the highest status, the high and the mighty, they refused to build. You know, some always refused to build. Some always refused to be part of new efforts. But nevertheless, we have to keep building. And the people kept building. Let's go down to verse 8. Next to them, Uziel and Harhiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfume makers or perfumers, made repairs. And they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Wow, they did a lot of rebuilding. Let's look at the perfumers. They made repairs with the goldsmiths. Who are they? The perfumers or perfume makers. Made perfume, of course, to sweeten the smell of all the deadness and runes and stink around the city. So were they skilled in building? No. They made things that were sweet-smelling and probably sold all kinds of sweet-smelling bath oils, hand and foot creams, and much else related to a perfume-making business. They provided sweet smells for weddings and celebrations. Yet they came to repair the walls. They had no skill in building. They likely had delicate hands from the creams. No construction experience. Yet they came to do what they could. The other tradesmen, with the goldsmith, showed them what to do. I imagine they brought some sweet-smelling perfumes with them. So I think Nehemiah included them to remind us that we have to rebuild broken walls beyond our vocational skills. But we should be inspired by the perfumers. We should do what we can in rebuilding and bring all the sweet-smelling stuff with us. We can be a blessing to all the other builders. Making the works smell good. That's an important skill, too. So do you hear the call to bring the perfume with you in every broken situation? Sweetness or perfumed attitude, speech, and effort accomplishes a lot. And that's an important contribution in itself. 
Let's keep reading Nehemiah 3 and stop and meet more of the workers. Verse 12. Next to Shalem, son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, he made repairs and his daughters too. We have another leader from Jerusalem who jumped in to do the physical work and he brought his daughters. What a great example of involving the family in rebuilding our nation, our churches, our cities, even beyond what they're used to do or thought they could do. In this situation, the daughters came along and helped. Just jump down to verse 23. After them, Benjamin and Hashab made repairs opposite their house. After them, Azariah made repairs beside his own house. Again, some interesting details here. Nehemiah is telling us that people are taking care of the walls near their own homes. Verses that follow mention they took care of the areas down the street and around their neighbors' houses. They wanted their neighborhoods nearby to be safe and well-built, and they wanted to stand up and protect their neighbors and call their neighbors together. Another great lesson about rebuilding in Nehemiah 3. And last of all, let's look at the verses 24 through 32. Many workers and merchants rebuilt the walls and gates, likely taking days off from their own work to contribute effort to needed rebuilding in the city of Jerusalem. I think you should go and read Nehemiah 3 and just skip over the names you can't pronounce or say the first letter of their name. You're going to see a wonderful list of all those who answered Nehemiah's call to help rebuild brokenness. One by one, they tackled all the gates in the city, repairing doors, adding bolts and bars. In summary, one of the important gleanings of Nehemiah chapter 3 is how the people from every vocation and walk of life work together to accomplish what's once seemed like a dawning and undoable project. It took everyone's effort and commitment. Each person had something to give. They offered what they could, even if their vocation didn't fit the task. As we saw, the perfumers and the goldsmiths made repairs unrelated to their daily sophisticated work. Unfortunately, the nobles felt it was beneath them to do hard work with the other men, so they refused. But that's okay. Some will choose not to help you rebuild or work for the Lord in rebuilding efforts. Keep working anyway. The rebuilding efforts often began next to each person's own house. Some cared for their own areas first so that their homes were strong and could protect the neighboring walls. The principle is clear. We need to take care of our own lives, our communities, our families, as they are the building blocks which will form a strong church, a strong community, and a strong nation. The work was essential, but it was a work of service. No one was paid. All the work was done for the glory of God, for the place of worship, for the people of God. When we work for God, seldom do we feel unappreciated in the process as God gets the glory, not us. The verses from Hebrews 6 reminds us of how God will not overlook what we do for His glory and bring people together. Hebrews 6, 10 through 12 says this, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love you have demonstrated for His name by having served and continuing to serve the Holy Ones. That's His people. 
We earnestly desire each of you to demonstrate that same eagerness for the fulfillment of hope until the end, so as you may not become sluggish. (laughs) Hebrews 6, that's a good word for all of us. We can't become sluggish. We can't become discouraged. We need those like Nehemiah that go ahead of us and call us and call those around them into work and to meet the Lord. Nehemiah also mentions the names of each of the gates that were being repaired. As you read Nehemiah 3 on your own, please take note of the names of the gates. Each is very important, and in a way, they can be symbolic of our Christian faith. For example, first the high priest and his fellow priests rebuilt the sheep gate. Now, this is the gate where the sheep were herded into the city to be used as altar sacrifices in temple worship. The blood of sacrificial lambs was splashed on the sides of the altar to become a pure gift to the Lord as atonement for sin. Now, we can find symbolism in the sheep gate. Jesus Christ paid for our sins with his blood. He is our gate to eternal life. In John 10, 8-10, Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. You can find symbolism and much meaning in the fish gate, the dung gate, the fountain gate, and most of the other gates too. You can grab a bookmark on my website for more meaning of the gates and the symbolism. So let's close today with a bit of reflection on the principles that we learn from Nehemiah 3 that apply to our lives. Nehemiah was sent to rebuild the physical walls and gates but he was also rebuilding spiritual walls and gates. In the process, he used all the gifts God had given him, and he called on the people to use their gifts too. Now is a good time to ask God what gifts he has given you for rebuilding the brokenness around you. In prayer and with your prayer journal, consider these questions. Number one, where do you have burned gates or broken walls in your life that need restoration? Burn gates can be open doors of darkness into your life, including addictions, uncontrolled imaginations, extreme fears, emotional hurts, lack of forgiveness, unholy television, internet or movies, pornography, unrestrained tongue, generational sins or other sinful habits. Listen to God. He wants to help you rebuild gates or walls that need building. Ask Him. Ask Him to forgive you. Go to confession. Seek his help. He wants to repair brokenness. Two, Nehemiah motivated others to help build. Who can you motivate or invite to help with rebuilding your church, your community, or your family? Three, where does God want to strengthen you and give you joy? Ask him to help you change attitudes of hopelessness, discouragement, or procrastination into hopefulness and joy. And then rebuilding will be a joy to you. Number four, do you lack tools? Remember the perfumers. Become a perfumer and set your mind to build anyway. Bring the sweetness of God's Spirit and a sweet attitude of prayer to every stinky situation. Jesus wants to help and encourage you. Ask Him where to begin. Pray for increased strength, joy, hope, healing, persistence, and restoration. God will not resent it. Call on the Holy Spirit. He'll help you become a perfumer 
and release the sweetness of God's Spirit everywhere you go. You know, 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15 speaks of spreading a sweet aroma. The Good News Translation says it this way, God uses us to make the knowledge about Christ spread everywhere like a sweet fragrance. For we are like a sweet-smelling incense offered by Christ to God, which spreads among those who are being saved and those who are being lost. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'm so happy that you've joined our Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope podcast series. You can find bookmarks for this series on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, or follow along with my book, Nehemiah Rebuilding Hope and Joy in Your Life. For more information on starting a Cup of Joy women's group to accompany this podcast, go to my website, click under the menu tab, Cup of Joy, and I'll send you all the free materials you need. Until next week, please know that I'm praying for you, that you grow in healing, hope, and joy as we study Nehemiah together. Thanks for joining me today. Please visit me on my website, wrapyourselfinjoy.com, where you can learn more about my books, download free bookmarks, and connect with me. Please follow me on your favorite podcast app and invite a friend to join you too. You can download the show notes from today at wrapyourselfenjoypodcast.com. Until next week, this is your friend, Karen Dwyer, reminding you to wrap yourself in joy. <music>